Thank you all so very much for being here with me today on another episode of Rise Up. It is an honor to do this show. Uh, now, you know, this is a um, this is God answering my prayers. R- the Rise Up show that I've wanted to do for so long, I believe, is God answering my prayers because I've been asking God quite a bit lately for more time to spend with him. For more time to spend with him um, and the fact that he opened up this nine o'clock hour right at the time I was getting ready to start the Rise Up podcast and then gave me this opportunity to not only spend more time with him personally and individually, but also to spend time with you in fellowship with him. I'm truly blessed and it's great. I guess I don't need these. I only need those in the beginning when the, when the video is playing. So welcome to Rise Up, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode four 
of the new Rise Up here in the mornings on LFA TV. Um, I don't know about you, but I've got my Rise Up coffee. I'm ready to go. If you uh, if you have not ordered this yet and you want to try it, it is on JeremyHarrell.com. Of course, you see the, the beloved cross on the back. We've got American Pecan, which is my favorite, and we've got Dark Roast, which is Sumatra Gold. I've got my coffee. I hope you've got yours. Uh, A.M. McKinney. Nanny says, first time watching Rise Up. Uh, missing Antonio. Yes, uh, Antonio, and, and maybe Antonio will be back someday. Maybe he will. I uh, hope he will. Uh, right now, he's got some other things that he's going to be focusing on, so uh, we're going to keep him in our prayers. And, um, and, and we'll continue to reach out to him and see how he's doing, bring him on from time to time. Uh, let's, go to the, uh, let's go to the Rumble chat real quick. There we go. The Rumble chat is up. We've got uh, DLB saying good morning. We've got uh, A.K. McKinney, A.K.M. McKinney, excuse me, in the building. We've got Kathy Cappy here. Good morning, Kathy. It's good to see you. We've got Hart MJ. Lulu Red is here. God bless you. KC22. Annette Smith, thank you very much. I love you. 30 years ago, I kicked cancer. Wow. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. What a blessing from God. No offense to Antonio, but I'm happier with this show. And that's great. That's great. You know, to each their own, and that's, that's amazing. Time for Church says Bumblebee. Patriot. Bobby Mannion is in the building. I've shared and explained how awesome this is. Zelda Chick is here also. Annette says, ordered, plus an AOG mug, Armor of God mug. That's awesome. Bobby says, I'm waiting for the decaf. Hopefully, we'll get there someday. Um, Jeremy, you're such a Yankee. It is pecan, LOL, not pecan. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Uh, Yes, I am a Yankee. I am definitely a Yankee. So uh, let's get right to it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the new Rise Up show, we're here. Uh, we're going to have, um, in the future, we're going to have uh, pastors come on as guests. That's going to be pretty cool. I cannot wait for that. Uh, we're going to be digging in to uh, different, you know, parts of theology, and we're going to start also digging into Christian ethics. Uh, my pastor at my church gave me a few books. One of them was a big, huge a hard copy book called Christian Ethics. We're going to actually get into that as well. Uh, James here, I'd like to wish my twin brother a happy birthday today. How you doing, James? Well, happy birthday to your twin brother. I don't know if he's watching, but if he is, we'll sing happy birthday to him. Uh, Best best, um, says... My first time watching Rise Up, Diane from Missouri here. Well, I'm glad that you're here. I'll ask you guys to please share this video and do not forget to like the video. It is so important that we rumble these videos. But for right now, we're going to remove our hats and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, okay? I'll ask you all to bow your heads and if possible, please uh, refrain from commenting during the prayer, okay? This way we're all focused on God together. Our Father in heaven, Thank you so very much for this time together, this time to worship you, to fellowship with each other, to be able to sit here and engage and and, and interact with each other uh, in the name of God, talking about the word of God, uh, spreading and preaching the gospel, Lord. Uh, What a a wonderful opportunity it is for not only us to be uh, geographically in a country where we're able to be able to spread the gospel and to be able to preach the word of God, But also we thank you, Lord, for this platform to be able to all come together in a world where we are so far apart geographically. This platform, LFA TV, brings us together. And quite honestly, Lord, 
I, I understand now that Live from America, from the backyard days till now, was just a precursor to this. This show right here, Rise Up, is the most important show on LFA TV by far. And we just thank you, Lord, for giving this opportunity and for bringing us all together. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is truly wonderful, folks. It really is. All right. We are back now. I see the chat stopped. That's wonderful. That means you guys are paying attention. That means you're ready. I'm ready. It's time to rise up. I hope you've got your coffee or whatever it is that you need in the morning. Uh, I'm going to lift mine up and let's, uh, let's have our first slurp here. By the way, uh, I appreciate all Rumble Rants that come in. Remember, every single show, the Rumble Rants, unless we are raising for somebody for the Slurp Fund, they will go towards uh, increasing the amount that we have in the Slurp Fund. We've always operated with about 2,000, 2,500. I would love to operate with about 10,000. Imagine the difference we could make. And also, it also goes towards paying for our producer, producer Eli. Before we get into things, I would like to, uh, yesterday I told you I was going to read you a letter. Okay? Uh, This is a a letter that I received yesterday. And we as an LFA family, we've got to be connected to each other. And we've got to understand what we are going through as a family. We will get into devotion here in a little bit. But I need to read this letter. On September 28th, as my nine-year-old grandson walked home from school, he was struck and killed in a crosswalk by a 39-year-old illegal alien. She was unlicensed and driving a vehicle with multiple violations. Nolan was my youngest son's, my son's youngest child with two older siblings. To say it has been a difficult experience is an understatement. Our family has been rocked to the core. Our strength comes from God alone to persevere every day. And as Christmas nears, I'm dreading it. Nolan was always the most excited to spend time with his cousins and gave the best hugs. The driver has been charged with driving unlicensed and causing injury or death. The maximum sentence they tell us she will get is six years and a $10,000 fine. Somehow the justice system has become one that protects the lawbreaker rather than the victims. She is free on a $1,000 signature bond, and who knows if she's still even in the area. The vehicle was a large SUV, which by her small stature, the police said she could not even see over the hood of the vehicle. She said she did not know she hit something until she looked in the rearview mirror and saw my precious grandson flying across the four-lane road. The paramedics did chest compressions for 37 minutes before regaining a heartbeat, but Nolan never regained consciousness. I can only hope and pray he was killed instantly upon impact. To think he suffered breaks my heart. I know in my head he is in heaven with other family, but in my heart I miss him and know know how much his parents and siblings are grieving. We had a memorial service for Nolan on October 7th, Less than 24 hours later, my mother passed away unexpectedly. (sighs) She had attended Nolan's service with us and had the pleasure of visiting friends and relatives that she had not seen in a while. Later that evening, her left hip fractured and causing her to fall. She She suffered an intracranial bleed that progressed so rapidly that medical intervention had reached its limit. 
So we again gathered as a family around her bedside in the hospital, crying, laughing, reminiscing, and saying goodbye. She was 92 and sharp as a tack mentally and loved her Savior with all her heart. Nolan did not have to wait very long before getting another big grandma hug. Oh, my Lanta. (sighs) But for those of us left here to pick up the pieces, it's been brutal. It is hard not to be angry at the government for allowing illegals to flood our country. It is hard to know that she is still free and we and will be enjoying the holidays with family. It is a struggle not to be angry with the justice system for the light sentences they impose on lawbreakers. I always say that Christians who die get the better end of the deal. They are living in their eternal home carefree and free of all evil that we endure on earth every day. Those of us left behind to pick up the pieces of how to live without our loved ones. I would ask for prayers for my family during the upcoming Christmas season. We know that it is a joyous time, but underneath there is deep suffering. I have learned once again that God provides enough strength for today. I can't carry any over from yesterday, nor can I borrow from tomorrow. God has never failed me throughout my lifetime, even during the most difficult times, and he will not fail me now either. But when you are deep in the valley, it is hard to see the mountaintop. Trials bring patience and perseverance and joy will come. In Christ, Chris Beeler. It was just as hard for me to read that to you as it was for you to hear. It is sad. My wife and I broke a tear yesterday for that letter. And I would say that the hardest part of this job is that. That's the hardest part of this job, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, the news is the job. But when you are so close to your audience that it becomes a family and you hear stuff like that every single day, it is so hard to keep going. And I can't even imagine for them. I really can't. I'm not trying to say, uh, I'm not trying to say, please give pity on me. I'm not. I'm just saying it's very hard to hear this stuff every day. And my heart goes out to everybody, all of you, every morning. When I get up, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for this stuff that you guys go through. I'm also, I also pray that God uses me to help. And I know he does. I know he does. Look at what we've been able to accomplish as a family to help each other out. But that is very hard to hear, and I'm very, very sorry for what you're going through, Chris, and the whole Beeler family. We love you. And we will pray for you. And if you need anything else, finances or anything, let us know and we'll help. We'll do what we can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get into our morning devotional now, which always leads up to the verse of the day. And then we carry over the, uh, the explanation, my explanation of, my, of what I'm taking away from the verse of the day we carry over at the 11 o'clock hour for Live from America. For all the new viewers that are here watching Rise Up, I will ask you to please rumble this video right now. 
We have almost 1,200 watching, and we don't even have 200 rumbles. That's 10% of you that hit that like button. We're going to need more than that. Think about this. When you guys rumble that video, that is an algorithm that Rumble looks at. And the more you guys do that, the more they put it on the front page. What better way to spread the gospel than to do that? So by not hitting the Rumble button or by not having a profile, you're really actually not helping progress the message. And while we're all here to hear the message, it's more important for you to share the message. So let's get into it. Uh, if you're new to the show, what you, you may not know, but every day we start and we go in order. Now, I have retired two books today because I've gotten to the end of them multiple times. I am instead going to be bringing in my Christian ethics book, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that. But we always start with one-minute prayer for dads. This is something that my mom gave to me after we became a Christian. And... Uh, after we became Christians, and I've read it every day since because it helps me be a better father, and it helps me get back on the right track every day. For anybody who's asking what happened to Antonio, nothing in particular, but everybody, if you could please explain to them in the, in the comment section, I would be forever grateful. I want to read to you this morning from Titus 2, 7, and 8. Titus 2, 7, and 8. And this is titled Respect. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us, or at least nothing true. All dads want the respect of their children, but respect is a two-way street. We need to also respect our children and treat them fairly with dignity and the utmost respect. We need to affirm them with sound speech to let them know how special they are to us and to God. You know, a long time ago, thank you very much, Nick. I appreciate you. We have 1,300 people watching. That's incredible. A long time ago, I heard somebody say, um, never tell your child they're bad. Never say, you're a bad boy. You're a bad girl. Same thing with your dogs. Never say, bad boy or bad girl. And I thought, well, how stupid is that? How politically correct is that? You know what I mean? I didn't, I, I, I always, I couldn't stand when people said that. Now I understand why they said it. Now as a father in my 40s, I very much understand that you, are, you should never, ever, ever beat your kids down verbally by calling them bad or worthless or horrible or terrible. And I did that for years. I did. I told my kids, you're acting worthless. You guys are bad kids. It's not true. They're learning. Their brains aren't developed yet. They're trying. And what kind of people are they going to turn into if you are constantly kicking them down rather than constantly picking them up? I'm not saying don't discipline your children, but there are ways to discipline that you can get better results and that are better for your children's uh, mind, body, and soul. And then it goes on to offer a prayer that we should read. It says, Father, I offer myself as one who wants to be model good, who wants to model good works and walk in integrity and dignity. I offer my mouth as one who desires to utter only sound speech 
that edifies, not tears down, especially in the presence of my children. I want my kids to never hear something evil said about me. I value their opinion of me more than that of any other person. Take my offering of myself today and use me to model Christian fatherhood. This book is an absolute lifesaver as a parent, especially if you're a father. If you're a father out there, ask for this for Christmas. Ask for this book to go into your stocking. This book right here, I can tell you what, will save your relationship with your children if it is rocky. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. Now what we do is we go to, usually I went to two other books, which I have recently retired, but we are still with this one. Now I switch up every year. I switch up every year to a new book, a new devotional, okay? And this one right here is One Year with Jesus in the Gospels. And we're almost done this book, okay? Nick says, I got beat with every inch of my life growing up. Didn't have the best father, but I've forgiven him. I want you, I want, I want to touch on that for a minute, Nick, okay? I want to touch on that for a minute. I was too. I was abused heavily, and I forgive my mother so much. I wasn't in my father's life until I was older. My mother left my father when I was two years old, Okay. My mother left my father when I was two years old and she moved to New England from Illinois. I ended up moving back with my father when I was a sophomore in high school and I finished out high school out there, got in trouble, went to prison and all that. But before I moved out with my father, the reason why I moved out with my father, and I do not want my, I don't want to shine a negative light on my mother, but I got to tell the truth. And my mother knows, and my mother knows that, um, that I forgive her because, you know, she understands. And now my mother is on her way to being uh, saved as well. Um, however, uh, my mother, uh, you know, she got addicted to drugs. She got addicted to uh, really hard drugs. And I was raising uh, five children at the age of 10 years old for a long, maybe 10 or 11 years old. I was pretty much raising four, four other children, I should say. I was the fit. I was the, uh, we had five. I, w- I came from a family of five and I was the oldest. Um, I got beat. I got beat with belts. I got beat with anything my parent, my mom would have around, coffee cups thrown at me. Uh, we had horses, and we had a horse whip. I got whipped. Um, I was, you know, I was called fat badly by my mom. I mean, it was, it was a very rough, rough childhood for me. Uh, we were on food stamps. We were poor. We were picking up cans on the side of the road just to make enough money to get some gas. We lived off potatoes and bread for, for weeks. My mom would be gone for days at a time when I was a little kid, uh, and I had to, um, uh, you know, fend for my for, for my four brothers and sisters. Uh, but my mom, since you know, obviously came out of that later in life, and and I forgive every bit of of her for that. But I understand that life too, very very much, very 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 much, and I never wanted that for my children ever ever, ever. So I just wanted to kind of give you a glimpse. Of, of that since, since you had talked about your childhood, Nick, because uh, I think a lot of people need to know who I am and where I really come from. Um, let's get to um, today's, today's date here, which is December 7th. It says, accept the gift of forgiveness. We're just talking about forgiveness, ladies and gentlemen, forgiving our parents for what they did to us. And by the way, that was just a, uh, that was a quick overview and that was a very PG-13 
version of things that you know I experienced. But Luke twenty three twenty four. I, I got to say, Luke is the best book of the Gospels to read prior to Christmas and up until December twenty fifth. It is. But Luke twenty three thirty four says this. Then Jesus. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Forgiveness of sin is one of the great themes of the Bible. There is so much that Scripture says about this that would take volumes of book to adequate, books to adequately deal with the subject. It will suffice, suffice to say that the blood of Jesus is what provided us with forgiveness of our sins. That sacrifice was so great that it outweighed all of our sins. It covered all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. Most Christians have the concept that the sins they committed before they professed faith in Christ were forgiven at salvation. But any sins that are committed after that time are not forgiven until they repent and ask for forgiveness. This is not the case. All our sins, past, present, and future, were forgiven through the one offering of Jesus Christ. If God can't forgive future sins, then none of us can be saved because Jesus only died once, nearly 2,000 years ago, before we had committed any sins. All our sins have been forgiven. The forgiveness of our sins is not the ultimate goal of our salvation. It is the just a necessary step. The real goal of salvation is relationship with the Father, and sin is a barrier to that relationship. So it had to be dealt with, and it was, through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who stop with the forgiveness of sins and don't go on into eternal life are missing the heart of salvation. Our sins have been forgiven so that we may enter into intimacy with the Lord. It is through the richness, the riches of God's grace that we have received forgiveness for our sins. There is nothing we can do to obtain forgiveness except humble ourselves and receive forgiveness as a gift through the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to just I want to continue to to, to touch on that real quick, okay? And this is something that, my, that Ray Comfort, who I absolutely adore, says all the time. He says, do you know what happened on that cross? On that cross, Jesus said, it is finished. What did Jesus mean by saying it is finished? He means the debt has been paid. And Ray Comfort always says, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in court and you've got a stack of, you know, speeding fines and a stack of uh, bills and restitution that you need to pay and you can't pay it and you're going to be judged on the fact that you can't pay it, you don't have the money. So that means that the judge is more than likely going to sentence you to time to pay off that debt. But if somebody comes in at the last minute at the last hour, and pays your fines, the judge can legally let you go. The judge is justified, and he can legally say, your debt has been paid, you're free to go. Because somebody else paid your fines. That's what happened on that cross. You broke God's law, 
Jesus paid the fine. Period. And you cannot be tried for the same crimes twice. You broke God's law. Jesus paid your fines. Jesus paid the way for you to walk free. Not you. You didn't have the money to pay for your fines. You didn't have the adequate resources to pay for your crimes. Somebody else did. And they stepped in at the last hour and, and, and the judge legally let you go. That's what happened on that cross. And you need to understand that if you are to be in a relationship with the Lord. Amen? And now we're going to move on to Jesus Listens. Now here's my Bible, ladies and gentlemen. While I'm doing my devotional, usually I'm taking whatever uh, verse that is in the devotional and I go and I look for that verse in the actual B-I-B-L-E. And I look it up and I read it in its context. I read the verses before and after. And in most cases, I'll read the whole chapter, which sometimes leads me to read most of the book. Now, I really do love the fact that we have technology out there that allows you to download a Bible app. Okay? And you can go to your app and you can easily say, Deuteronomy 1.5, and it's right there. It's that quick. But I urge you and I suggest using your actual Bible. And the reason why I say that is, ladies and gentlemen, because there's weight to these pages. There's weight to these pages. The weight that I talked about, um, I believe it was two shows ago on Monday's Rise Up, about maybe it was yesterday, about the bricks in the backpack. I think it was Monday's show. That weight that is put into your backpack all day long, that is right here. The troubles of the day, the weight of the troubles of the day are the weight of these pages, And if you cannot bring yourself to thumb through and lift the weight of these pages to get to your verse, then you're not really doing what you're supposed to be doing. There is weight in the pages of this book. Weight that you give to Jesus every day. And you should lift this weight and you should turn these pages and think about bearing a cross. I strongly, strongly suggest having a Bible. Now, Jesus listens. What are we at? December 7th? Can we pop up? Let's pop up the the rumble chat here real quick. Look at that. Uh, W. Wilson, yes, the physical Bible is best. The physical Bible is best. Amen. There is nothing like holding the holy word of God. Annette says, I just ordered another life application Bible. Love that version. Yes, and who knows when online Bible might be changed. LFA producer says 307 rumbles. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We got to like this video. If you just came in, just give us an easy, quick like. It's that simple. It's just a press of the finger. That's it. We should easily have a thousand rumbles. Come on, folks. Feeling so blessed after hearing these testimonies. I have two amazing parents and I thank God for them, says Leslie. Amen. We are a magnetic reversal. YouTube suspicious observers and the 12,000 year cycle. Look at that. Cowboy farmer homeschooler dad just donated $100 
through the Rumble rants and said Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Cowboy Farmer, homeschooler, dad. Love you so much, and I very much appreciate that donation, more than you know. Alexa says, first time watching. Awesome. Welcome, Alexa. We are now up to 317 Rumbles. I would love to see at least 600 by the time we hit 45 minutes past the hour. Okay, here we go. Beloved Jesus, when my mind and heart are quiet, I can hear you inviting me to draw near. I delight in your glorious invitation, proclaimed in holy whispers, come to me, come to me, come to me. Drawing near to you requires no great effort on my part. I love that. Can we stop right there? Drawing near to you requires no great effort on my part. You know all the things that we don't want to do? Go to the gym, do yard work, pick up, you know, uh, go run errands. We don't want to do them because we actually have to physically get up and do something. We just want to relax. Well, drawing near to Jesus requires none of that. You can do it while you're sitting in your recliner at home. It's that great. It really is. It's more like surrendering to you and ceasing to resist the magnetic pull of your love. Didn't we just read something about magnetic in the chat? Do you see how closely we are with God right now during this Rise Up talk show, this podcast? Katie says she loves this podcast and this family. My parents are gone, but they are in heaven. Amen. Amen. Help me through your spirit to open myself more fully to your loving presence so that I may be filled to the measure of all your fullness. I yearn to have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep your love is for me and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, this vast ocean of love cannot be measured or explained, but it can only be experienced. It cannot be measured. It cannot be explained. It can only be experienced. We have people in my life that I'm trying to explain the love of God. I'm trying to explain what it feels like when you are finally walking in the grace of God and nobody, who, people who are unbelievers, they can't understand it. It's like trying to explain what having kids is like to somebody who doesn't have kids. They cannot understand it. They must experience it. And by the way, if you are an unbeliever and you're not experiencing it, or you're not trying, and you're not reading the Bible, then that means that you're not trying something out of fear. Not because you know that it's wrong or right, because you're afraid that what you're going to read in these books, and these devotionals, in this Bible, will convict you and condemn you for what you've done and how you think. And you'll never go back. Ever. Ever. If you can go to James 4.8, Matthew 11.28, John 6.37 and Ephesians 3.16-19 to, to kind of get the gist of that devotional. Now, I know that you probably didn't write those down, but the good thing about video is you can go back and you can get those verses for yourself, okay? However, for an online Bible app, Char DZC uh, says, which I have found good is Uversion by Uversion.com. Let me just tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, that Bible app that she's talking about, version, that's this right here. This, is the, this Bible app is absolutely wonderful. And you get daily devotionals like this right here from pastors. Check this out. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So it is a pretty cool app, and and and, and actually, uh, you can um, 
you can set yourself up on like a, a daily devotional um, uh, education so you can kind of learn through the Bible. It's really amazing. Jeremy's definitely dedicated doing three shows a day. This man works his tail off. Nick, you have no idea. We were just talking about that. Me and Eli were talking about that. Time management. Time management. But I, I will say this show right here is definitely far more important than Live from America. Far more. And this has been what God has really been directing me to do. Far more important. Thank you, Kitten. Kitten says, rumbled and linked on Truth Social and Getter and your spot. Thank you very much for that. God bless you. Thank you very much. All right, moving on. The next one we're going to read from is Every Day with Jesus. Now, this might be my favorite devotional book for spiritual growth, for encouragement, for inspiration. This might be my favorite one. And this is written by Andrew Womack. And this was actually sent to me by uh, Linda and Sam Majaya. 2,500 people watching. Wow. Are we on the front page or something? Big shout out to Corn Pop. The big one? Big shout out to Corn Pop. Uh, Yes, the app is free. Yes. So we are now, ladies and gentlemen, on the front page of Rumble. Big shout out to Rumble. And for everybody who's just chiming in, uh, this is a podcast and a show where we talk about... uh, the word, the gospel, and how that actually fits into our society and our culture. We talk about it from a parent point of view. We talk about it from a, uh, a son, a daughter's point of view, and we go through it and we talk together. So if you're new here, please like the video. It's that quick. Subscribe to this channel because we have shows all day, mostly all political. This is really the only faith-based show, but my two political shows each day have faith built into them. So thank you for the, uh, all the newcomers. God bless you. Let's get into this next book. And this is, again, uh, Every Day with Jesus. We're going to December 7th. It says, it ain't over yet. That's what I love about LFA TV. We always see the glass half full, and we know what we've got to do next, even if we lose like they did in Georgia yesterday. Okay? Even if we lose like they did in Georgia yesterday. It says, it ain't over yet. Psalm 73, 1 through 28 references uh, a lot, but we're going to specifically pull out Psalm seventy three seventeen, which says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood, then I understood their end. The Psalm was confusing uh, until I spent some time studying it, says Andrew, and praying about it. Then I saw that it expresses the feeling every true child of God has felt at one time or another. In the first 16 verses, Asaph lamented the prosperity of the wicked. He said that it looked like evil people were getting away with sin. They seemed to prosper and not have the worries that godly people like himself had. Sound familiar? (laughs) Wow. Strong stuff. In our society today, the only people who can be discriminated against are Christians. Every value we hold dear is being assaulted. And if we speak out, we are called bigots and labeled intolerant. Immorality isn't only practice, it's flaunted. Television programs, movies, newspapers, magazines, and books are filled with pictures of immoral acts. The people who influence us the most are, as the whole, the most immoral people in the nation. Yet they receive infinitely more money and attention than the people who are godly. It has been said... That character is no longer an issue in politics. At times, as we read what our governmental leaders say and do, it appears that way. 
This psalm reveals that their seeming prosperity is only temporary. I want to, folks, how important was that that I just said that? Let me say that one more time. This psalm reveals that their seeming prosperity is only temporary, and in the end, their sin will find them out. Payday is coming. There is a reward for the godly and a punishment for the ungodly. Our responsibility here on Rise Up, here on LFA TV, and in this LFA family, as believers, is not to hate and despise the ungodly. We are to pray for them and continue telling them the truth about salvation through Jesus Christ. Take a lesson from ASAP today and look at the ungodly through the eyes of your Savior, not your eyes, through the eyes of Jesus. WWJD, what would Jesus do? It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. Then you'll be able to love them. You'll be able to forgive them and be a powerful witness of the truth to them. You're not going to be able to light up a dark room with more darkness. You're not going to be able to bring darkness into a dark room where there's people who think nothing but dark thoughts and get them to be able to see you by bringing more darkness. However, if you have just a match, if you have just a little flashlight, if you have a cell phone flashlight, if you have the smallest bit of light, even if you crack a door and let just a sliver of light in, they'll see you. They'll see you and they will see God for the very first time. That is your goal. That's what we are to do. That's what we are to do. Now, I want to get into, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, we are on the new podcast, Rise Up. We've got the Rise Up Coffee now available on JeremyHerald.com. Go there today. And get your Rise Up coffee. You can get the American Pecan and you can get the Sumatra Gold. And you can join in and drink our coffee with us every morning. Of course, you can drink your own coffee too. But this is gourmet coffee here. This is LFA TV coffee. You know what I mean? All right. Now we're going to get into reading a little bit from this massive book. Boom. Look at this. My pastor gave me this. He said, hey, if you want some light reading... What? A, pastor, this is not light. It's pretty heavy. And B, I have a hard time comprehending what I read anyway. Anyway, Christian ethics, ladies and gentlemen, I want to read this, a little bit of this to you, this this first page. And we're going to go through this quite a bit going forward, okay? What is Christian ethics? Why should Christians study ethics? How should we study it? Why should we base our study of ethics on everything the Bible says rather than on a few major ethical principles from Scripture? Definition of Christian ethics. The definition for this book. For purposes of this book, the following definition of Christian ethics will be used. And here's the definition. Christian ethics is any study that answers the question, What does the whole Bible teach us about which acts, attitudes, and personal character traits receive God's approval and which do not? This definition indicates that our study of Christian ethics will be God-centered and Bible-centered. This book will attempt for each ethical topic to collect and synthesize the teaching of all the relevant Bible passages about the topic and then apply that teaching wisely to various life situations. My approach here is similar to the approach I took in the book Systematic Theology, in which I defined systematic theology as any study 
that answers the question, what does the whole Bible teach us today about any given topic? The emphasis of a systematic theology is on what God wants us to believe and know, while the emphasis on Christian ethics is on what God wants us to do and what attitudes he wants us to have. Thus, theology focuses on ideas, while ethics focus on life situations. Theology tells us how we should think, while ethics tell us how we should live. And I'll leave it right there. I'll leave it right there for you. And we're going to go through that together, this entire book, through the series of Rise Up shows in the future. Now, having said that, we're, this show is only, I'm going to try to keep the show around 45 minutes instead of a full hour. That way you guys have a good 10 to 15 minutes between this show and Loud Majority to get a new cup of coffee, go to the bathroom, do whatever you got to do. You'll have 10 minutes and then you'll come right back for Loud Majority, okay? Now, the verse of the day today, if you did not receive a verse of the day today, then you are not following the newsletter on JeremyHerald.com. Just go to JeremyHerald.com right now. Scroll to the bottom of the page, sign up for the newsletter, and boom, you're there. Not only will you get updates on LFA, but you'll never lose us, and you'll get morning devotionals every single day, okay? I want to read this for you this morning. I titled this morning's devotional, Do Not Ignore Your Check Engine Light. Do Not Ignore Your Check Engine Light. And I said this. Hello and good morning. It's Wednesday and we are on another we are another half a week closer to end to the end of an illegitimate regime in our nation's capital. As we draw near the end of the year and the most wonderful season of Jesus's birth, I want you to think about what we have been able to accomplish together this year through fellowship. I can personally tell you that my faith in Jesus and my understanding of the gospels has increased tremendously this year. Together we've been able to help so many people out both spiritually and financially, and there is no way that LFA was an accident. God brought us all together for a very specific purpose, and it's the same purpose that he sanctioned Noah for, to warn others, to offer help to others no matter what they're going through. Most will not hear us, but some will. That is where we have a leg up on Noah. In his day, not one person listened That tells me that we still have plenty of time because people are still being saved here on LFA every single week with the help of this LFA family. Now, again, I titled today's verse, Do Not Ignore Your Check Engine Light. And I will read for you this verse, but I will not read the explanation until the 11 o'clock show. And it comes from Matthew 24, 37 through 39. For as we're in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. That means the same thing that happened in the days of Noah are going to happen prior to the return of Jesus Christ. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. Now, if you notice my hat right here says ark. And this came from the ark encounter down in Kentucky. And this was a gift from Ken Ham himself. They were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Not by flood, ladies and gentlemen, but by something very different. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you 
for joining in with me on this wonderful and beautiful um, Rise Up. This was, again, our fourth. This is our fourth episode of Rise Up. I'm extremely happy to be here with each and every one of you. I love you so very much. Together, we've been able to accomplish so very much. And uh, this is just the beginning of what we're going to accomplish. So I'm going to leave you today with the same exact song that we started out today, and that is Build a Boat. Since we were talking about Noah, that is Build a Boat, ladies and gentlemen. So I want to say thank you very much for being here with me today. You guys are treasured. You're honored. I love each and every one of you. We will be back at 11 o'clock for another uh, episode of Live from America. But coming up in just 12 minutes, loud majority, straight from the great state of New York, Sean Farish and Kevin Smith, you're not going to want to miss them. They might be the most intelligent and funny comedic pair I've ever seen in a podcast. And then right after that, another show of Live from America. And I can't wait to see you then, folks. God bless each and every one of you. And please, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this song, Build a Boat by Colton Dixon on your way out. God bless you. Have a great morning. And we'll see you at 11 o'clock. Peace out. Actually, this is Miracles, so I'll leave you with Miracles on your way out. How about that? Diamond miles on the highway, every day moving so fast, taking all the wrong ways out. Never saw you coming, stopping me in my tracks, keeping me from the long way down. Doesn't matter just how many times I try. 